To enjoy this and other great episodes on Patreon, check out the link in the description and subscribe via the Black Kluge tier for full access to over 100 exclusive episodes. For those of you who would like some QF swag on TeePublic t-shirts, magnets, mugs, what have you, also click on the link in the description. Now look, I don't want to get into a long explanation. That's not what I came here for. My audience isn't here to hear to laugh. Hour and a half. I have not taken a break. Spread the word about Sirius. We do not take commercial breaks that often. Let's go ahead to Randy. I don't want to be in a wig and a purse. I do that in my personal life. I don't want anybody touching me. Yeah, I don't. I'm I touch with you. you sometimes. Like, hey, yeah, but, man, what's up? Yeah, you touch me because like, touch you're paid to touch me. I'm not saying I was the biggest stud, but I got mine. And I fucked some pretty good-looking women way before I was Howard Stern on the radio. Fuck off. Assholes. The nose I have now is gigantic, and the fact of the matter is, the reason it looks different on Letterman, which I've explained a million times, is that I keep the camera so far back on the e-show, and I only shoot from the right-hand side. You wouldn't turn the children against me, would you? I would try. <laughs> <laughs> she would, too. She's coming and she's fighting on all the sides. No, but I'd win that one. I wouldn't even have to do anything. If you ever did anything to hurt me, they would hate you. I wouldn't hurt you. I just want to go out and have sex with some women. Would... Listen, by the way... Considering what I'm going through, I feel horrible that you're smoking our girlfriend went to a movie without your last and, and, come, and then came home. <laughs> Can I say yeah. something about that, though? And then came home. Let's be honest, though. Uh, you're, you're, when he, when he was knee-deep in Johnny Walker Blue. <laughs> well, the bachelor party. I think yeah, it was but, a good idea for the beginning of it. Yeah, I think you would have you would have been just as weird. If we started the beginning, you'd go, oh, my God, everyone's staring at me. Not me. I love it. I love when people stare at me. He loves to be stared at. <laughs> I love it. Move into Sam's house and get the fuck out of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get, Be we'll get Beetlejuice to pick yeah, out our get shirts. Fatter. Get fatter. <laughs> We're more of those fucking things. <laughs> Beetlejuice will pick out our shirts. You can live with Sam and really blow him. You'd be yeah. a little and not only that, baby you, there. No, no, not only that. Yeah, I'm just trying you to need, You out. can't live without a stylist in your life? Not, not what, no, I'm no, I'm thinking who would be easier to replace? I, and I think Ralph, of course. Yeah, but there's a lot of the guys who picks out your clothes. Chris, could you date Ralph? Would you? No. Would you? You couldn't? Why? No, no. Look at that smile. He's lying. You're lying. Robin, Tell the please. truth. Could you, Robin, could you, Robin, date, could Ralph? you date Ralph? That's a no. Yeah, right. Oh, please. I could. We would have the best time, Robin. I, I couldn't date you. Ralph. Talk to me. I couldn't date Ralph, but I could fuck him. I'd fuck his brains out. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. If you guys a lot of were, people feel that way. I know Ralph is straight, but. All right, now I understand. All right. I don't understand. It's I can't understand gorgeous. It's a straight place. No guy. Let me just say something about men. No man says gorgeous. Says gorgeous. Really? This restaurant is gorgeous. Okay. No, you got to understand something. Guys the don't next, talk that the way. Next time. Guy goes, hey, it was a good lunch. And it was sort of Well, the sketch, what the controversy was, it was Patrick Swayze, who's, you know, gorgeous. Welcome, folks, to another episode of QF, a podcast about Howard Stern. I'm your host, Fillmore, a.k.a. Jim Fix. And with me back again uh, for the ride is Mr. Len Young. How are you today, sir? I'm good. It's good to be back. It's been a while. Hey, you know, you got in you got in shit for the Mike Starr thing on the first episode we did. I got in shit recently for putting down Alabama in, inadvertently. So someone in the uh, <laughs> is a loyal fan, and I, it's Steve. And I'm gonna I, I've already addressed it on the thing, but I'm gonna tell him I apologize profusely to my friend Steve. 
I'm going to do a Jackie and I'm going to apologize to him for not putting down Alabama. I should have contextualized it because with the context was surely moved to Alabama from New York. And I thought as a comedy career, that's just yeah. not the place you want to go. You want to be in Houston. You want to be in, uh, you know, obviously either, either coast, you want to be in Boston, a comedy city, uh, fucking, um, New York, obviously you want to be in, uh, even Washington's probably got a scene. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like an ice cream seller moving to Siberia. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> well, or, or or yeah, like yeah, yeah. I mean, and and so, um, I, but I told him I refuse to take back my hatred of the band Alabama. So, um, either way, we're gonna continue. Um, this is a, a clip from mid eighties. I'm going to say 95 ish, 96, possibly. Um, so basically it's Howard getting pissed off at the friends of the Stutter, friends of the Howard Stern show going out on tour featuring your favorite, uh, wet brain idiot stuttering John, uh, who's a lot younger, just as stupid and, uh, Bowie and Jackie's along for the ride but there were two clips one of them was a video but they were not the same audio so it was two different instances where howard decide to fuck on them for doing this and we're, i just wanted to get len's take on this because one thing we have never done since we've been recording is i never asked you which i normally do what was your introduction to the show when did you start listening oh yeah it was wesley willis interview that he did i think I, I, it was the i downloaded that on napster because i was into wesley willis and I was the only interview I could find of him, and it was from the Howard Stern show. And I listened to it, and I just thought, this this sounds like my kind of show. I mean, if you yeah. have this guy on you for a start, right. like, yeah, I mean, can you imagine? You know, you're eight o'clock in the morning, and you're 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 walking to school or whatever. I would have been nineteen at the time. Yeah, and you're you're listening to this. This is great. So that was where it started. That would have been two thousand ninety nine, two thousand. When was Napster around? Around then, yeah, and uh, uh, easily at turn of the century. Like, I remember the day, I remember when 9-11 happened, I was working, it was two o'clock here when that happened. And I remember very, very soon after that happening, going, God, I would love to be able to hear the live, the Howard Stern show, because I was really getting into it at that stage. And I just thought, what better, what better kind of, um, you know, in terms of the proximity to where it's going down and the sensibility that I loved at the time, this would have been mm -hmm. great. So, yeah. yeah, it wasn't as accessible back then. But yeah, that was my first introduction. The great late uh, Wesley Willis. Yeah, and he was something else, wasn't he? Yeah, and he was. uh, so, so the the whole crux of the argument is going to end up being well. You guys will hear it for yourselves, but ultimately, it's he's shitting on them for supposedly putting out shitty products and his name is involved. Uh, but really let's get to the root of it. He just didn't want them making extra money. Yeah. Of he, course. Wanted them, he wanted them as poor as they could. And everybody understands why they, th this is the sad part. They actually had to do this to mm -hmm. keep, keep the lights on. It, it, this is a kind of a precursor to the, the black party. It's there's, there's, there's a lot of parallels here, isn't there? This is uh, they're trying exactly. to subsidize their, their incomes. They're trying to, they realize that, you know, the show isn't going to go on forever. Harry keeps talking about, oh, this is the last contract. You know, we need to try to make hay here while the sun Wait. is shining. And uh, yep. I think also with a situation like this, I, I assume this is going to be the same as the black party because you cannot win here. If you do a shitty job, you're ruining the reputation of the Howard, the great reputation of the Howard Stern show. If you do a brilliant job, you're then suddenly kind of, you know, overshadowing the the great master who has yeah. the fucking, is the most thin skinned 
uh, emperor. Well, I suppose most of them are, aren't they? But God, yeah, you, you just cannot win. It's the, it's the great double bind, the narcissistic double bind here. Oh, absolutely. And it's a tour de force. So we'll see how much we can get through, guys. This is getting kind of weird anyway. I'm probably going to start yelling in a minute. But Gary, Jackie, and Stuttering John were in Atlantic City this weekend. Yes. They were at the Taj Mahal? Yeah. I don't know where they were. They were doing some traveling show. I don't know. I'm getting like, this is what's going to happen in November, I've decided. Me, you, me and you are going to do the radio show. Mm -hmm. If I go back into radio. I'm going to get rid of everyone else. <laughs> Meanwhile, that is eventually what happened. Let's go 25 years and it's worse than ever. Oh, yeah. And the, straight away he's in with the threats. You yep. know, within seconds he's already saying, you know, you want to be careful here. I could be, I'm going to take my ball and go home, go the fuck home. And what he'll do also is he'll remind everyone how useless they are. Yep. Constantly. Just to keep yeah. that, keep that insecurity. Just, it's like a pot on the stove. You just want to get it barely just bubbling. Yeah. Just reducing the whole time without <laughs> catching. And you have to fuck like, it out. Like, like Henry Hill's little brother in Goodfellas. Keep him, at, <laughs> keep him at the oven in the wheelchair yeah, at yeah. all times. <laughs> Except for Fred. I got to keep Fred because I promised him. You don't even have to say that. Fred's not going to leave. Yeah, Fred wouldn't go anyway. <laughs> I'm getting rid of Jackie. I'm getting rid of Stutter and John. I'm getting rid of Gary. I'm getting rid of everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I'm going to clean out the Gary whole place. Too? Everyone. Wow. I'm going to get rid of everyone. I just, I go, and I want to have a simple life again. Mm -hmm. I just want to go on the air and talk. Mm -hmm. I turn on my TV and. Oh, let me see. Who is it? Who is on the phone? The limo driver for uh, Dominic Barbara. Tom? Is this Tom? Yes, it is. Alan. Oh, hey, Tom. How you doing? Hold Tom, on one second. Yeah, I'm just rapping. Let me rap. All right, go ahead. No, because I was thinking about it. Like, I, I turn on the TV the other day, and I see Stuttering John on Ricky Lake, because Daisy comes running in and goes, Stuttering John's on Ricky Lake. And I tune in, and they're using John in this weird way. It's sort of like when, you know when, when Letterman used to have Larry Bud Melman on and it was funny? Yeah. And now he's on everything and it's not funny. And the, I don't even want to see him. And those TV commercials they put him in are not funny. And what and happens Letterman is... Letterman won't use him anymore. Yeah, you don't see him on Letterman. And now I know why. I mean, because quite frankly, it's not funny. It's not exclusive to his show. Right. And I love Stutter and John. And I'd love to see him do well and everything. But Ricky Lake isn't really paying him. And he's not out promoting anything. And he doesn't seem to care what people do to him. Or what they put him in. They, he doesn't care. He has no pride whatsoever. He'll do anything. Oh, my Lord. Like, where do we start with this? <laughs> yeah, well, he, Stuttering John hasn't even opened his mouth before he's even come in there. And this is the this is the introduction. Yeah, he's building this case. Now, there's a couple things at play here. Number one, he's on Ricky Lake. He, in, his, in Howard's mind, you know he's thinking, what is that douchebag doing on a television show? He does not belong in front of a camera. He does not deserve a chance to be out there getting his name out, even though that's what we do via this show, put him out there and we make him, you know, so what does it matter if he's on some talk show, leave him the fuck alone. I understand that the mandate of the show then was to goof on people, but if he sucked, then make fun of the appearance. If he was great, then ask him about how it went, what was the experience, and and really kind of pull for him before you, because you're going to pull the carpet from him eventually down the road, a week later, two weeks later, a month later, a day later, over something else. So let him have that little bit of happiness. But when did when has Howard ever, ever 
congratulate, apart from Artie, congratulated a, 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 a staff member on, a, on an appearance, even Robin's appearances. <clears throat> Excuse me. Even Robin's appearance. Robin's appearances. He would. He would trash. Now she, hers were horrendous. Well, typically, you know. typically they were bad, and he would. He would do his best. <coughs> pardon me. He would do his best to trash the host because of the segment. Yeah. Yeah. But what he was really doing was trashing the segment. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. So it's just right. like that indirect. So why do you think he would not do that with Artie? That's an interesting question. I think with with with. Ardy, I think he realized that uh, having that control over Ardy, like he's he's someone who I I can't really go toe to toe with. He's someone who is very he Howard knew he was very valuable to the show in terms of having that representing the the blue collar worker, representing you know the. <laughs> heterosexual man that Howard can't do <laughs> but you know he was he was he was a really precious asset to the show and I don't think Howard felt comfortable uh going at him and he's a bit of a coward as well he knew that like I said already it push comes to shove would run rings around him in an argument I think I with think... John he knows he picks on stupid weak people who are sure. desperate yeah. Well, I mean, the other thing is, of course, what could, he couldn't shit on Artie's appearances because up until the latter years of his tenure there, any appearance he did on a talk show was gold. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you can't argue with the audience laughing and stuff and they're they're enjoying it unless, you know, the only the only time he really should have pushed back and he never did. And that was the opportunity to do was the Joe Buck thing. The Joe Buck one, and there was also another one that Artie did on Conan that was terrible where he came out and he just looked like he almost looked green. Yes, and I he remember. Had like, the, he had the cap on, and he was disheveled. Yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. probably the last appearance he did on Conan, I think. Yeah, he did an appearance on Conan with Nick in around oh, yes. 2012. That was brilliant. When he talked about jogging and the difference between heroin and jogging, you know, the, yeah. the personal trainer said, "You like heroin? You should try jogging." <laughs> <laughs> so, and so either way, I think I think he didn't have a, a leg to stand on with Artie. And the other thing is. Like you're not going to use the same arguments on Artie as you can with these other idiots because Artie, by being on the road, has sort of created. He's he's has a, a certain level of self confidence that none of those other of guys would ever have. He's not as dependent on no. Howard. I mean, Artie before he Artie did the Norm show and he he was in Elf. <laughs> yeah, he was in a few other things, but he Howard knew that this guy doesn't need me. He can, and you know, he obviously it's a great boost to him, and he's dependent on it for plugs, but. If push comes to shove, Artie, Artie would, would walk and do something else. John, yeah. you know, we saw what happened, although he did get that tonight show job. He did. Uh, against all fucking odds, he did it. Yeah. <laughs> so they put him in a judge's robe. And I guess he's sort of like, I think, I don't think Sutter and John's actually worked out a persona on TV. So he's kind of like acts like me. Mm. Like he does a lot of what I do. And he, but it's not funny. They use Sutter and John in an unfunny way. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I go, ugh, I hate this guy. Why? I don't want him on my show. Well, he told me, you know, I'm, uh, I'm going to be on uh, Ricky Lake, and I said, I already know what you're doing. Yeah, they you're do that a, with everybody. They turn him into Boza. Yeah, you're going to make a fool out of yourself. Just one second. I'm going to see if this thing actually exists. Because, there, the, you know, you'd be surprised what gets its, its way to YouTube. Ricky yeah, yeah. Lake stuttering john <laughs> it might actually be there um no way oh nah i don't think so i don't think so ah that's a pity 
And then for a while, Stutter and John did this show, Last Call. It was a Brandon Tartikoff production. Brandon Tartikoff is such a loser that he didn't know what to do with it. You know, Brandon Tartikoff used to be this guy who ran NBC. Mm -hmm. And when he ran NBC, everyone thought he was a genius. But all he used to do was buy shows from people who know how to create shows. But he could look at 10 billion shows. Right, and, and pick them out. Good ones. And, and even with that, he'd screw up sometimes. It wasn't sure. that brilliant. So then he decided, hey, I'm, I'm so good at picking shows, I'm going to go out and make the shows. Why don't I make a whole bunch of money? He started getting jealous of all the people who make all the money off of these shows. Mm -hmm. So he's going to go out and create shows. And so he went out and formed a production company, and all of his shows are bombing. And the only thing he gets now in a last-ditch effort, he takes all of my people and puts them on these shows. Which I don't mind if they were on a funny show. One second. Let's let's read up Brandon Tartikoff's CV yeah. here. Because he's a huge, huge name. Um, yeah. All right. I'm just looking it up here, guys. Tartikoff, because I was looking this up. Uh, just to see exactly how full of shit Howard was. Um, as head of NBC's entertainment division, Tartikoff's successes include, included the Cosby show, for which he had pursued Bill Cosby to create a pilot after having been impressed by Cosby's stories when he host, guest hosted The Tonight Show. Um, uh, the, the, the result was, okay, created Miami Vice. <laughs> These are two hits. Do I need to go further? Um, it says Jerry Seinfeld credited Tartikoff with saving Seinfeld from cancellation during its first four wow. years of struggling raising ratings. Johnny Carson broke the news of his retirement in February, 1991 to Tartikoff at the grill at the Beverly Hills in Beverly Hills. So, uh, the, he, there, he did a number of things here, uh, but either Knight way, Rider. yeah, Knight Rider, a lot of hits anyway, like Family later Ties. On, I wow. think, I think he, he also did some uh, appearances, but it says here, the golden girls. Great. That's a classic. The original Law and Order. Wow. These they, these are huge. Like every show here now is huge Cheers. over here. Huge. Cheers yeah. was huge over here. So that's international success. Right. So once again, <laughs> if you listen to Howard for your information, uh, your brain empties like yeah. it empties like uh, like a exactly a, like the Grand Canyon. The, the mastermind behind Son of the Beach uh, lecturing <laughs> us about. TV success. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> but Stern and John went on this last call, and I wouldn't, I refuse to talk about it on the air because, quite frankly, what they're doing is since I won't be on last call, they'll take one of my people and hope that I'll talk about it ad nauseum and propel it to a number one slot. Right. And I don't want to get sucked into that. I mean, can you blame me? First of all, I'm embarrassed by what John's doing. And John's on the air pretending to be Howard. And he's making a fool out of himself, and he looks stupid, and I don't want to certainly promote it. So now John's off the show, and the show looks like it's going to be canceled. But it was oh, he got thrown off? Yeah, yeah, he got thrown off because he, he, he <laughs> sucked. pretty pitiful. But it wasn't even that he sucked. They don't know how to use John. I, mean, I was going to say, it's just a bad show. John has no noticeable talent. I mean, John is not talented. Okay, now listen, I can't disagree with anything he's no, saying right this moment. Yeah. Yeah. He's saying he's saying they don't know how to use John. And he's right. Stern knew exactly how to use John. Exactly. Yes. And oh, yeah. I think unfortunately, um, John maybe believes him himself to be uh of, of greater talent than what Howard thought. But I I think Howard may have been right all along. Well but, uh, he was no, he's, he was he's right about this, but he's he but it's the it's the sh shifting levels of importance Howard gives him. When mm. it suits his purposes, like when Jay Leno poaches him, he's one of my guys. Yeah. You know, how can you take, he was an integral part of the show. And then later on, like, you know, John stuttered. That's all he did. 
You know, uh, yeah. we t- told him what to do. That's all true. Uh, you, you gave him the, you were, but if he was that important, you wouldn't have got that upset. Like if he was, if he was that important, you would have got upset for that purpose, but you wouldn't have discouraged, you wouldn't discourage people from thinking he was something important later on if he wasn't really that important. Yeah. I mean, he, Stern plays that, uh, kind of balancing, balancing act of, of, of just really just degrading these people, but then also throwing out a bit of red meat to them when he thinks it's required to just right. keep them bobbing below the surface. Their head, whenever their head comes up above the water, he punches it back down again, but they yeah. don't sink to the bottom. They just, they tread, you know, <laughs> so that's what he wants. <laughs> it's a perfect waterboarding situation. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck hell. Fucking hell. I, I hate to break it to him. He's not talented. <laughs> He's a robot. Jackie and Fred and me write him questions. Jackie sits back there with Fred. He needs to be programmed. Yeah. John's funny if Jackie writes something for him or Fred writes something for him. John is like an actor. The same could be said about Howard. He needs things fed to him. Oh, yeah. 100%. I mean, if you take the... It's a bit like Shuley. You know, if you take away all the supports, if you take away all those props, you just put a microphone in front of Howard and nothing else. He's It's like flipping a turtle on his back. Just just (laughs) useless. Absolutely useless. Oh, man. I remember, um, oh, God, I can't, what was the exact, well, it was actually a clip that I, I think we played in a breakdown, but I'd want to use it to isolate for another, um, one of those production type episodes where we're going to talk about all the deals he's made to do such and such and that it falls to shit and you never hear mm-hmm. about it. And oh, yeah. it was the, it was the story about, <laughs> can I tell that story about being offered to sell, buy the Playboy Mansion? Did I, did I, can I, you think, I think I can tell that story. Well, first of all, if you couldn't tell that story, you wouldn't be allowed to mention the name shithead. <laughs> if it was a real, you know, clandestine effort, effort to get you to purchase some big corporation. Uh, and second of all, why can't you tell the story? Exactly. Yeah. Can I tell that story about becoming a grandfather? Can I, can I tell that story? <laughs> no, I don't think I can. Unbelievable. <laughs> Christ. And so that was him kind of, okay, I'm going to, hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna int- I'm gonna pull the audience in like a slow a slow s- a salmon coming right up to the fucking dock before I net it, and there was no payoff. Um, I'm gonna find out maybe. And he spent five minutes talking this non-story about buying the plane, being offered the Playboy Mansion or the Playboy franchise, and saying I don't know if I could talk about that story. <laughs> 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 fucking hell. If he doesn't have anything written for him, he has nothing to say. Yeah. And unlike an actor who actually has an ability to portray a character, John... John can only do John. Yeah. So so that's the assessment of John's talents. Oh, boy. (laughs) So, quite frankly, what's happening now in my... That's two plugs in less than two minutes. (laughs) Fuck, we, we struck gold when we decided this one. You know, yeah, in, yeah. Uh, <coughs> we could have been called in a sense, I suppose, but that doesn't have but the, the fact of the matter is. Fact of the matter is. Yeah. Do you remember the time Where you got called it? out on that? What's that? Do you remember the time you got called out on that? I'll Which one? The, the fact of the matter? I got a caller. I, I'm going to guess I'd put a year on it. I'd say around 2008, 2007. Okay. Okay. A caller said to him, you know what, Howard, do you realize you say the fact of the matter is every sentence and he went crazy of course he goes get off my fuck you know get off my phone or whatever he went nuts right and he never ever said it again 
hold on. Let me see if I can, let me let me see if I can find the exact same thing. Um, nah, fuck it. It was such a good thing. Anyway, I'll 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 see if I can find it another time and send it to you. It's so good. He goes, "Do you know what I mean? We always know what you mean." <laughs> he goes, uh, like, uh, he goes, uh, and, and he goes, "No, yeah." And and the other one is, "No, yeah, I know." What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> Cause I don't go out and do a lot of dumb stuff. Like, I won't go out and do supermarket promotions, and I won't go out and do acting bad TV shows and stuff like that, because I have some pride. What's happened is they figured out that if they, like, Playboy just hired... He has no pride. It's He can't act, and he doesn't want to be shown up for being an idiot and a shitty actor. Who wants to promote their supermarket with that shithead? I mean, why? <laughs> who would want that? I mean, this gangly uh, pervert, you know yeah. what I mean, essentially, uh, but yeah. especially around this time. Um, what, what are you going to have like Whole Foods and and a cardboard cutout of Howard at the front door? Well, it's very telling that the sponsors he did have were the kind of sponsors where image was completely unnecessary because the product sold itself. Like Heineken advertising on his show was strictly about numbers. It wasn't about yeah. is he controversial. It's, we we need guys. Guys are beer drinkers. They listen to his show. Let's advertise mm. on that show doesn't matter if he talks about fucking the Dalai Lama, you know, through his eye socket. The, these are guys 18 to whatever, 30 or whatever that are going to be watching, the, listening to this, and they they drink beer. That's it. Yeah. Simple. But you're not going to get like, um, uh, you know, like whatever. You're, you're just not going to get um, bigger sponsors from more middle-of-the-road sponsors, I suppose. No, but you're going to end up with, like, I, I think it is amazing that it, that they did get Heineken. Sure. Uh, at that at that time. When was that? In the in the late 90s? Late 90s, even early 2000s, Bex and Heineken were the two. Bex, I remember, yeah, because Har- yeah. I remember Howard's, Howard's reads. You remember, oh, I love that Bex, you know, uh, nothing better could, than watching the game. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> it was like Liberace, <laughs> Liberace talking about why he wasn't married. I'm married you know, to my music. <laughs> you could tell Howard hadn't seen the business end of a beer bottle in probably no, no. 20 years. It's Poland spring and it has to be a certain fucking temperature. And uh, you yeah. know what I mean, and it has to be, you have to wear gloves when you hand him the bottle because you don't want to get germs. You know? No, <laughs> fucking fed to him with a, with gloves on. Um, yeah. I, I, and you probably have to take, well, not only you, you open the, the, uh, the bottle cap, but then you got to take a tissue and wipe away the top of the thing just because there might be some remnants. <laughs> Fuck off, bubble boy. Amy and, Temp- and Tempest to be naked in the magazine. Right. And I'm sure everyone expects them to come in here and pr- promote the thing ad nauseum. But these are people that I created. And once I create them, it turns into my worst nightmare because people take them and use them in unfunny ways. Well, it's interesting because that's supposed to be the women of radio. Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, let's not pay Howard. Let's take elements of his show, make them unfunny, rip it off, and make it bad. But we can use Howard to promote it. Yeah, just just use Howard. Let's use Howard. This reminds me of, um, remember the film Angel Heart? No. I know the name. Uh, Mickey Rourke and De Niro and Lisa Bonet was infamous because of all the nudity and violence. And um, it was an Alan Parker film, right? Oh, right. Okay. Mid 80s. And Lisa Bonet got, um, she got uh, axed from the Cosby show, I believe because she got pregnant. 
And uh, and it, I mean, Cosby said something like, you know, Lisa Bonet can get pregnant, but Denise Huxtable can't. Jesus. Of all people to be preaching this Man, kind of bullshit. Wow. But wow. it was controversial because she went off to do this film, which was extremely like it was almost an X rated film at the time. They had to do a lot of cuts. And uh, one of my favorite films, actually. But it, it reminds me of like, so that was that was Cosby trying to protect his brand, like to not mm-hmm. court controversy as well, like just her pregnancy. But being in that film also, that would have probably kicked her from, he would have probably kicked her from the show for that el- alone. But, and that's, if if Howard were worried about the quality of his show being diluted by people going off and doing substandard stuff, that would make sense if he didn't add all the really other negative things, like he's useless, he's a shithead, that's a stupid show. Why all these exactly. extra things show more about what his real motivation is than the argument that he could use to sound smarter and to sound like he really gave a fuck about the uh, how the show is perceived. Yeah, well, that, that, this was always the, the the issue I had listening to the show at times. He would talk about... He would talk out of two sides of his mouth. He'd say, I have to, I have the best people, you know, the best staff. Right. And a minute you're saying, the next minute you're saying you're useless. What are you yeah. going to do when I, when I don't resign? Yeah. So he, it's, yeah, again, it's, it's, look, it's that double bind. It's the narcissism in him. He can't, Fucker. he can't keep it under wraps. <laughs> but, but my, my thing is at that time, and that's, that is a time where you could have thrown that in his face on the air. What was he going to do? Fire you? Okay. Maybe, but he's too much of a pussy to do that even. Yeah, but I think he would fire people, but not to their faces, obviously. No, he would, fuck he would no. Ar- arrange for them to not be there. That was the other clip I thought we were going to play when it was the KC era. And um, he says, he's with Bowie and he says, look, uh, when I say, when I say yes, you have to know it means no. Yeah. yeah. You know, like, I, I don't want to be a bad guy. I don't want to confront people off the air. Yeah, I mean, look, these guys are walking on. Like, Gary must have PTSD. They're walking on a a daily tightrope of, I have to be assertive, but I can't be too assertive because I'll be seen to be maybe getting too big in my boots. You know, it's just, you're just constantly flittering from one one to the other. It's, uh, it's, It's crazy. Let's say you've got to work for the Howard Stern show. What would be a job that you feel you could do that you wouldn't walk off as a result of, you know, not wanting to have to interact with him? Well, a lot of the people who work there don't. I mean, you a lot of the people don't aren't on air. And I know there's 70 people now, but even back in the back in the early days of series, there was probably only I don't know, maybe only half the staff were on air. I don't know. Is I'd that, say so. Uh, yeah, not even so, like, yeah, you like if the odd, the odd TV person would come in the odd and the interns, okay, well, well, the, especially the female interns seem to find their way on the, on the air, but, um, yeah, the, the, the basic staff, there was only ever really the four of them in studio. I would, I would, to me, I'd be honest. And, and I know it, if you were a big fan, you'd be like, wow, I'd love to work on that show. But if you really stand back and look at it, it looks like a horrible place to work. You get oh, yeah. paid a pit. You get paid a pittance. Yep. It's a total to- toxic uh, atmosphere there. And um, yep. you've got this, um, this, you know, what's her name came in. Uh, Marcy Turk came in and just kind of did Howard's bidding. Um, so you've got that whole even the Howard TV's guys getting fired and it just seems like a horrible, horrible place to work. I don't think it, do any of them seem likable, even like Will and. 
I think I, I liked I like Will at times um, yeah. on the wrap up show when he would just kind of shoot from the hip. But um, Jason is not likable. Gary's not likable. He used to be. Gary used to be a little bit more of a, a bit more, a, yeah. you know, like just more affable, I suppose. Mm, and yeah. you, like, like you know, the 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 guy that you know he's taken a few punches, so you you take him out for a burger and kind of you know look, you'll be all right tomorrow. Let's tomorrow's a new day. Take him under your wing. Stuttering John, a long time ago, might have been seen as sort of likable in a schlub frat boy way, but I never had a great like for him i think kc would have been an it seems like a nice guy you know for all this i mean i i you know i'm sure he's the type of guy who'd probably you go for a drink and he'd tell you the story about how he needs a grand for something and oh yeah you know yeah that type of scenario but i mean john hine fuck it imagine sitting beside john hine and having to listen to him every day uh i would probably start polish i'd probably start buying guns and 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 crates of ammo to bring into work i hate to say yeah, he'd be like he'd be clicking his fingers and pointing at you and going top 10 rush albums go you know that's how you what's your favorite burger at uh you know wendy's I don't know. yeah whatever it is take everything off of it yeah <laughs> i like the uh the bacon cheese uh the bacon cheese omelet burger without the bacon cheese the omelet or the bun actually yeah, give me the pasta, hold the sauce. Yeah. That's kind of <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> you know, he, I've, we've got nephews and nieces that eat like that. Um, dr- alcohol, noodles, and uh, anxiety. That's their diet. It can't be good. It just can't oh, be. It just they, can't they, be. Grew, they, grew up, they grew up spoiled kids, and they were finicky about their eating, and as a result, they're still finicky. And it's like, if, if you take <laughs> if you salt and pepper to them, it's like freaking Indian food. Oh, come on. I put it's salt horrible. and pepper on everything. But anyway, uh, I, I, I don't know about, I read all, you know, you read about gut flora and the, the, the connection between mental health and your microbiome and all that. If that's true, those guys are, in, you know, wonder they're, you know, not happy. I mean, yeah. I think uh, it makes sense. Maybe it's true. I don't know. Well, if I'm buoy, I'm dive, I've got a straw and a bottle of Jack Daniels just about every night. Oh, fucking right. Yeah. But he while, was, he's wor- he was changing- while he's working. He was drinking during um, COVID. Now, I remember during the first early days of COVID, I think there was a bit of a novelty to it. And the, uh, the first few weeks of it, you know, there was a bit of that going on everywhere. But yeah. then everything settled down. But I think Gary was like, he was he was going at that tequila every night. And he was on well, pain he, meds for the He for was knee. probably bored as fuck. He couldn't be entertained at the house. And if you've got to stick with Mary the whole time, what are you going to do? I think I he drink. realized it's over. I think he realized it. I think he realized there's a m- moment which... You know, everyone arrives at when they, when they, when it becomes clear that the, the fun you know, days, the finish line. Yeah. Yeah. The finish line is in sight and it's all over bar the sweeping of the room and the emptying out of the desk and the real fun, free spirited hot days are over because you look at Howard fucking hell. Like he's, he's holed up in that place. And I think Gary knew that was, that was it. Once he, once he got his hooks into that mansion and he was working from home, he was never going to re- release Yep. Well, I'd say he knew what back in the Marcy, Marcy Turkey era that the fun days were going to be over, to be honest. Yeah, but, but, yeah. but in terms of the whole, like, I, I think, I think what bothered Gary more than anything was them maybe emptying out the studio of their shit. Mm-hmm. And all mm-hmm. of a sudden we don't have a home anymore. We like at K-Rock, you had yeah. a whole compound that was yours at, at, at Sirius. This was all our compound, you know, now it's, mm-hmm. I don't even have a workplace anymore. 
Yeah, we had that in my place. Where I work, we switched to, um, after COVID, we switched to hot desking. Yeah. So you have a floor and you go in and everything is set up where you just put a USB-C into your laptop and everything works. And you, But you don't have a desk anymore. You don't have a space. And I found that a bit hard at the start to get used to. When you're used yeah. to having 20, 20, 25 years of your own little area, so yeah. just to have something that's just generic. Very, yeah, imper- very, hard, imper- yeah. very impersonal, very yeah. um, sort of business cutthroatish, it uh, is, yeah. and and maybe practical, but it doesn't mean you, you're not allowed to feel what you feel. Sure, yeah. So it's real weird, and I hate talking to the guys about it because they think I'm trying to keep money out of their out of their lives or something, and I'm not. I don't care. I mean, you do what you want, but. In the case of the Ricky Lake show, for God's sake. That wasn't even money. Yeah, what are you doing? Why are you acting like a jackass? I mean, not even a funny jackass. So anyway, uh, so the, the latest uh, gimmick on how to take advantage of Howard was, I guess uh, Jackie got booked into uh, Atlantic City. Somebody there must have gotten nervous, and they booked... Um, Caesars. Oh, was it Caesars? Right. Oh, okay. It's Caesars. Right. Hmm. Was it Caesars? Uh, Taj Mahal, I should say. Oh, Taj Mahal. Taj. Oh, the Taj Mahal. Right. Tom, you all right, man? I'm fine. You sure you saw the right show? <laughs> oh, I saw the show, Robin. <laughs> oh, I saw it. It sobered you up, okay. Oh boy. Well, anyway, so they figured out that, like, hello, Tom. I'm oh, okay. So since, so since they, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't really pay much attention. But the latest thing was, hey, so Jackie was going to do a show. I guess somebody there must have gotten nervous. Is this pretty much the way it went to happen, Jackie? I don't know what you're going to say. Well, I guess somebody got nervous that maybe Jackie couldn't sell out the place or something. No, and then, you got it backwards. Oh, I do. Well, what happened was this guy was trying to put together this tour of... Yeah, I knew that this was what this was. And I stayed away from it. Right. But the one I agreed to do was Atlantic City because I wanted to work in Atlantic City. Yeah. But, yeah. It, but it was all done at once, to my the best of my knowledge. Some guy had figured out, hey, I'll just book everyone from the Howard Stern Show. We'll get Elephant Boy, we'll get Jackie, we'll get Gary, we'll get Stuttering John. <laughs> Sounds like the killers of comedy. <laughs> it really does, I was just going to say. I mean, the parallels... I mean, they couldn't sell out the shows and they had to bring in these, these the friends of the Howard Stern show. So yeah. who they got back then? So instead of, you know, instead of Yoko and uh, the Iron Sheik, you have Elephant Boy, Crackhead Bob. Who were the others yep. around then? Whoever. I, I mean, those, um, yeah. oh, I mean, it would have been like the Jesus Twins, let's say, or, you know, oh, yeah. uh, they were great. Uh, Hank or Hank or, or Hank, I don't yeah, know. God. Um, God, back in the day, like Debbie Tay, if she's still alive at that point, I have no idea. But the um that the sort of like i said con uh, convention aspect of trotting these people out and maybe making money i mean howard fuck he did stand up gigs when he got fired from nbc wnbc and they were awful we pathetic we tried to go through one of them and we stopped we were going to go through th- part 3 and then sam said no we can't do part 3 i can't even i i can't believe we did part 2 that's yeah, how bad I'm, it was I think I think that's probably why Howard knows how hard it is to put a show together because he knows he can't do it. So yep. when he sees other people trying to do it, he obviously he he doesn't he he know look what he knows how how weak John is in terms of stand up. He knows he's oh, not funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. But uh, and 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 Jackie can be funny, of course, but it's limited to you know can he put together a whole show and be the you know do forty five minutes to an hour? He probably can, but I don't know. He'd run out of steam, I think. If he I'd had say to do so. That. Oh yeah, 
and we'll make it like the traveling. I Howard. basically told him I didn't care what happened as long as I got the money that I normally get for doing a show. I didn't care what went on around me because I wanted to work at Atlantic City. That well, that's that my problem. I care what goes on around me, and I care how this show is presented. See, that's my problem. I care about the show. Some guy had this brainy idea that he was going to do Friends of the Howard Stern Show tour. So, in other words, they were going to use my name, get everyone that I've developed. You know, even Gary. The reason Gary is people want to see him is because of what I do with him. Mm -hmm. They're going to get all these people together, put no thought into what was going to go. It was going to be a bad show. They're going to rip people off. And they're going to blame you. And they're going to blame me. Well, that never would have happened. They literally would have called in and said, Howard, the show is so fucking bad. And you would have had hours on this show to talk about how bad it was and goof on them. You would have had material. And maybe, maybe he isn't getting that from the audience. And that's what he's really angry about. This wasn't as bad as I hoped it was. It wasn't terrible or it wasn't good. It was in the middle, which is no good for me. I want, I need one or the other. <laughs> do you know, do you know, I think might be in the back of his head and actually might be now that, now that I, now that it comes out of my mouth, I think it's at the forefront of his fucking empty skull that he's not actually getting a piece of this thing. Yeah. And his name's attached yeah. to it. Yeah. I mean, the think of Scott, the engineer, not being able to do GoFundMe at, with, by saying I'm Scott, the engineer from the Howard Stern show. Yeah. Uh, that's, and which is such a spiteful thing. Like that's, wow, that's done yeah. out of nothing but spite. And, um, and I, I think that's, that's a, a segment. That's a good portion of why he's pissed. Well, we, uh, we've probably, I think we've said it before, but he, he did cash residual checks for pennies. Yes. You know, so, so if you look at his net worth and maybe, you know, me or uh, our net worth, that is the equivalent of fractions of fractions of a penny. And he's, he's going and cash. look, so that gives you an idea um, yeah. of what type of person he is. Oh Yeah. And uh, anyway, it's, it just goes along with the whole, you know, what is it? Um, God, what was the word Bob used? Chicago Bob used. Uh, not dis disenfranchisement, but he was um, uh, getting, uh, ba basically making sure that the, um, the underlings know their place. Don't go outside this little circle. And this is the only place. This is, it, it's no different than the, uh, um, uh, f fuck you, my captain, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, when, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. when, uh, what's his name, uh, Sussy left. And I don't know how anybody would leave this job. Well, I think what what HG, HG Tudor would probably, what he calls it is sustained devaluation. That's it. So Devaluing. Jesus fucking yeah. Christ. And uh, so anyway, we'll play a little more, guys, because Stuttering John eventually will come in and, well, not plead his case. He'll really just get the hair. What was it they called about Ferguson? The hair dryer treatment? Yeah, Alex, yeah. Yeah. The hair dryer, yeah. And he threw a boot yep. and hit David Beckham in the head. Cut his butt I, 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 I should have been a, a combat boot. I hate that old fucking thing. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. And if you ever should want to do a show, that'll already be stuck in some people's minds that the last time they, right. they went to the Howard Stern show, it was a ripoff. Right. And apparently what happens is Gary goes out there first. The show in Atlantic City, Gary goes out there first. Right. His mom comes out first. Yeah, yeah his mom. OK, now, Gary is a guy that basically has nothing to do. <laughs> he has nothing to do. And Gary's going to come out first, make a total jackass out of himself. And people are going to be sitting there. Go, he doesn't put any thought into what he's going to say. He doesn't put any thought into what the production's going to be. Nobody has an overall concept for this. They introduced Gorilla and showed his head. Yeah. I mean, what is that? <laughs> Sounds very much like the killers of comedy, but a clean yeah. version. 
Yeah, look, it, we, again, we're probably repeating ourselves here, but it's very similar because what you do with these shows, it's, it's a very it's a very standard kind of consistent experience where people show up to it's almost like show up to look at an accident. Yes. Once you get a once you get a five second visual of it, you're done. You're so done. once Gary walks out and he says something, you go, well, I've seen him now. And, and then then the audience are no doubt drunk and then they yeah. get bored and hostile. It's the same every time. Sure. Now, Jackie is another is a different story because Jackie could really, you know, he's more beloved than uh, Gary. Um, I would imagine at that time he's probably more liked. And uh, he's also he's got a routine. He's got, yes. you know, he's he's got he's got talent. Right. He's got, uh, you know, thousands of vaudeville jokes that he can he can, uh, you know, name at the drop of a hat. And, you know, yeah. uh, he'll tell you the punchline to any one liner piece of shit joke back from the 1920s uh, when they were still <laughs> building the Titanic. And uh, was it? Well, was are, you it in- are you saying you weren't a fan of Jackie's joke hunt? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, um, the thing is, like, uh, Jackie, it's, it's funny because Jackie was is hailed by so many people as having put the funny in Howard's mouth, right? And mm. I haven't seen the documentary yet, guys. I plan to. I just haven't got around to it. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I know everything that's in it already. I'm more interested in what other people have to say about him vis-a-vis the uh, interview segments. Uh, but the problem is when Jackie himself is doing interviews, he's kind of a bore. Oh, yeah. He is, yeah. You know, because, because now he's he now he's the elder statesman, Jackie, and he'll tell the odd joke, but it's it's, but then it's the joke. It's not him, you know. Yeah, it's not so, really, so, you know, I could I could look in a, a, an old joke book and tell the same thing, but the, what does that sustain for the rest of the the interview? No, it doesn't. No, so yeah, his 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 interviews are a bit are quite similar. They mirror his 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 act, which is pre. He he has all these stories rehearsed in his head. And once you ask a question that in the Venn diagram in his mind, even clips slightly one of these stories, he'll be just spit it out word for word. Yeah. And he won't get any thought on the fly, nothing. And, no he won't listen to, and he won't listen to the interviewer either. He'll just barrel, he'll just keep going through. But um, I, I think with, with Jackie, though, I think that joke, you know, those jokes that are so bad, you can't help but laugh. Uh, yeah. Jackie has a few of those and the give Rodney a chance one never fails to make me laugh because it's just so off. It's just and the voices he does. I mean, it's just terrible. Well, I mean, there, there, there's certain jokes that are like so terrible, like the one Gilbert told because he was, I can't remember, but him and Dara and probably, I don't think Frank Santa Padre was on, on the dais, but he was, he was there. He was, they were all on a stage somewhere and Gilbert <laughs> said, you know, there are these two soldiers in Iraq and, uh, you know, the one soldier says to the other soldier, I just had the best sex of my life. I said, I fucked this Iraqi broad and I fucked her in the ass. I fucked her in the pussy. And then uh, the other soldier says, why didn't you get a blowjob? He goes, well, I wanted one, but I couldn't find the head. (laughs) 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 And like, you know, but that, that like, but do it in the voice of Gilbert. Like you wouldn't stop laughing. Yeah. You know, I'm not doing it justice. You have to, and I can't do a Gilbert voice. Who could? Um, Apparently some people. Peace. Yeah, God bless him, Jesus. Sometimes they, they take the wrong people, and that was one yeah, of them. Do. 
So, you know, whenever I did a tape or I use Gary, I try to put him in an interest. I try, try. Meanwhile, this asshole is still around. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. Don't remind me. Uh, show him in an interesting light. I put some thought into it. Otherwise, I want to bring Gary out. But there's no thought put into Gary. He just goes out there and people get ripped off. What they charge? Twenty eight fifty. Twenty eight fifty. Yelled. He yelled at the audience a little bit. Came out. You know, a quick few uh, yells because everybody was yelling Baba Booey at him. Well, Dominic told me he went, and he said he walked out. Gary walks. Out. First of all, Gary's backstage. He's like, I can't wait till Dominic gets on. First of all. First of all. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say though, this is. This is entertaining. I mean, this is this is the Howard Stern show, kind of like I kind of remembered initially, which was he has that fire in his belly, Howard. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that's not a euphemism for his, you know, stylist seed or whatever. He's just he's got that. Yeah, he's got uh, he's got he's got a he's got a real kind of urgency about him, and he's taking calls from real people uh, and really good callers as well. That kind of you know those no nonsense kind of New York callers I always loved. Fantastic. But is it the I think it's two things. It's the energy of youth or younger Howard, first of all, but it's also yeah. the urgency of ratings being ratings yeah, driven. Of course. And yeah. once you take those ratings, he could all of a sudden he could do these William Shatner type pauses between non thoughts. And who gives a fuck? I got paid already. It's funny you mentioned that because, you know, we're we're recording here. I can see the waveform. Um, and you can see that there's very few gaps in this and i think he paused for about a second early on in this clip i noticed that because i yeah. was thinking god now oh this oh it's just it's if i put a clip on if, if banging I put their wave... dashboards in their cars making sure <laughs> even if i put a, a file from like 2017 let's let's be a little generous or 2016 i guarantee you're going to see gaps in there big enough to drive your fucking vox hall through i mean it's just not it's just not a, a problem. Like it, it's, it's something that you wouldn't expect from 1995. And he, and someone, someone asked me if I thought the, um, the, uh, tapes were sped up, like when they're recording and I go, there might be a little of that back in the day, but I don't believe so. I think that was the cadence. That's how fast he was. His voice is definitely very whiny on this. And you can oh, yeah. hear that kind of whine in it. So I assume that the, uh, modulation came later. <laughs> But um, well, well, I, a certain I, amount of modulation did, but also if he's doing, if he's speaking really quickly because he's angry and anxious, that he's forgot the affectation. So it's you can't yeah. really get angry and and scream and, uh, you know, get get little uh, out of control and maintain that. You know, Gary, what is this yeah. about? I don't, I don't, I don't believe this. It's so hard. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. It's like when high pitch Eric has to do with a regular voice. It says it yeah. hurts his throat. Um, but do you remember when I, I'll never forget when the when there was all this thing about the tapes. We're getting the tapes back. This was in yes. mid 2006 or towards the end of that year. Yeah. And they came up with this it's such a terrible like master tape theater with yeah. so hard and thick. This yeah. it was just this terrible hack fucking thing. Yeah. Um and I remember listening to it and the tapes, they, they, they put them through like a pitch shifter. Yeah. Cause suddenly Howard's voice sounded kind of low and like Robin sounded like fucking Barry White, the whole <laughs> thing, every, so they didn't, I, they couldn't isolate my, uh, Howard's, uh, obviously everything had been mixed down onto a single tape, so they couldn't yes. isolate Howard's uh, uh, feed. And uh, so they had to bring everyone down <laughs> just and that's an, just, how, just, just to satisfy his, 
you know, as, as a tech as a tech question, could they not have digitized it and then played with the the frequencies and and lowered just his, or would that have been too much work? They could have gone through it line by line and tried to. Um, you could have taken hours, you know. Well, yeah, it would have for, taken for, hours. It, for a single day. It would have taken for a single yeah. day's uh, show. Yeah, it would have taken days even of work. Yeah, there's no, uh, and you know, given given how much they were paying. Um, I assure it's not gonna. It's that was never going to be done. It's it's the quick and easy. What's the cheapest way? I don't care about everyone else as long as I don't sound like Kermit <laughs> the Frog. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, as long as I don't sound like uh, Paul Lind, uh, Center Square. <laughs> that's fine. Fuck it. Hyperventilating. He's like, <sighs> okay, I'm ready. Okay, I'm ready. He's ready for what? He's not going to do anything. All he's doing is be nervous too if I had nothing to do on stage. Yeah, evidently. Yeah, right. He's like, okay. And his mother's following around. She goes. He goes to his mother. Okay, I'm ready. And evidently, the person in charge is Gary. He seems to be the one in charge of this. Oh no. And and he's like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go out. I'm ready to perform. <laughs> yeah, and I told Gary I don't want him a part of any of this crap. If Gary wants to go up here somewhere by himself and go down and do an appearance, fine. If, uh, or I, you know, sign some autographs yeah. and just be there where there's an opening or yeah, something. And by the way, Gary just went ahead and did this without my permission. He never talked to you about no, this we, whole he, he tour thing. He did. He talked to me about the tour thing. I told him not to do it, and he just went out and did it anyway. You're interesting. Wow, that's it. That's really interesting, isn't it? If it's true. I told him not to do it. I told him now. Now, now I have a hard time believing he physically was in, like, in the same room as Gary and said, "Don't do it." Well, I, I, I think I, they, I, I, I believe it more. Like, I wouldn't do it if I were you. Yeah. Are you sure you, you know, want to do it? Are you sure you want that yeah. kind of like or, passive or, aggressive thing? Again, back to the double bind, the classic narcissism. Like, if you want to do, if you need to do it, then you do it. Which yeah, is you basically do what you saying have to do. you do what you have to do, which is that classic. That's that's right in Howard's, you know, wheelhouse there. Which is, you go ahead and do it. You have my blessing, but you don't really. And uh, so what what he's doing there is he's he's tainting the experience for Gary. Gary's going yep. ahead, knowing in the back of his mind, I don't have the full support of my boss. You know, and God and I, God only knows what he'll do to me as a result of this. Exactly after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. And he did that with he did that with Artie in the uh, getting time off for beer league. Oh yeah, yeah. That was one of the worst. I remember listening to that yeah. going like, "Fucking hell!" I would have just taken. I said, "Look, it's in my contract. I'm doing this." Bye. Well, like you said, Howard said, I have to control everyone in my my orbit. I I'm the puppet master. Yeah. So and then he talked so about he, his movie, which was like a four, literally a a twenty eight million dollar film, versus yeah. Artie's, you know, pocket change, couch change, fucking movie. I've never actually seen Beer League. Never? No. I watched a bit of it and I remember just seeing uh, it's it's actually I, I gotta, it's it's if you take Artie out of it, it's actually pseudo funny. Some bits of it are funny. Okay. But overall overall I, I it's like a solid C list like movie. Okay. C level. I, I must look it up. I mean I love Artie, but I, I did see a bit I got a back in the day I got a really bad XVID video of it, you know, like this two hundred megabyte Oh. bad video so i never watched it but uh i did watch a tiny bit of it but i think i uh, just a bit like already stand up you know you, you sit down you think oh, i'm gonna i'm gonna watch this and then and within a few minutes you're checking your watch or scrolling through your phone and yeah i think in terms of baseball movies it's not even you know you think about major league you think about um mm. um i think bull durham you think about um 
Uh, I'm trying to think of comedies and baseballs. Um, co- baseball movies with comedies. Babe, um, John Goodman, terrible movie. I, I, oh God, for oh, fuck that. Um, <laughs> already had a great, <laughs> already had a great appearance on Gilbert. They brought up Gilbert, or they were just going through names. Like Tony Perkins was playing uh, someone, one of the one of the Red Sox or something, and uh, already, of course, took that to like. Well, I always knew, you know, perfect to have a gay guy play a Red Sox. Um, but um, then, <laughs> then Gilbert goes, "It's Paul Lind as Babe Ruth <laughs> doing the Babe Ruth story." Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna hit a home run for you, kid. <laughs> Before you die in the hospital, I'm gonna hit a home run. <laughs> oh my goodness! I know you might die before the game. <laughs> When he can crowbar Paul Lind into anything, just do it as the voice of Paul Lind automatically makes it funnier. He did it with when he did it with George Takei. I think that's probably the single funniest thing I've ever heard in the show. Listen, life. you Jap bastard! <laughs> Trust me, he was just won't get in the paper. <laughs> oh my god, that was something else. I'm kidding? No. Went out and did it. I had no idea. Went out and did it. What did I tell you about Friends of the Howard Stern Show? Not entirely. What did I tell you about? Howard, it's not entirely. I know I'm crazy. No, no, I'm not telling you crazy. We spoke about this. We had already signed to do this. This is the last one. Yeah, yeah. 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 Y
uh, or down or the set of Dallas or something. I mean, <laughs> you, like, you, you know, the the killers of comedy. Like, I I've I've been asked people for ages. Like, did you ever? Did anybody anybody ever go see QF members that have seen the the killers of comedy in the heyday? And the only two people that got in touch with me because I'm sure some people have fucking blocked that out of their mind. Um, they said uh, that. Sal was actually okay, but clearly racist. Like the crowd enjoyed, they're saying who the crowd enjoyed more. Levy and Sal were the best of the night, and Artie was really like a waste when it, it happened to be a show with Artie. But Shuli was, was horrendous. No one gave a fuck about him. Richard was awful. Sal actually had some kind of mic presence. Yeah. You know, like he actually looked like he was stalking the stage, doing a proper job, but that Levy, he, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I mean, I'm not surprised because when you when you saw Sal at the roasts, I mean, the guy, he was funny. I mean, at those roasts. But the problem is, is that his 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 obviously look, his material is not what you call evergreen. You know what I mean? No, <laughs> it's not. And uh, also, you can paint yourself into a corner very quickly when you have that just that kind of material. Like, so it's not something he could really expand and 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 uh, he couldn't extrapolate out where he was going. You know, it was just this kind of five minutes, then you're done. You know, I don't think he ever got any further than that. Yeah, no, and he and he remember saying, "I might want to work a corporate gig." <laughs> what corporation? <laughs> <laughs> the Epstein Corporation? Come on, fuck. Yeah. So, um, but already didn't Gilbert? A, did Gilbert sorry, did a uh, sorry, 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 yeah, a bit no, of a lag. Didn't Gil? I think Gilbert did a corporate show one time, and uh, he said that the guy from the company, like apparently the CEO from the company, had to physically take him off the stage. Because <laughs> he was so offensive and people were so offended. And he said, Well, why didn't you just get off the stage? And he goes, Because I wanted to get paid. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> Fuck. Um, what there was already was on the wrap-up show talking after um God, I can't remember which one it was. It might have been after the Richard and no, it was the Chappelle Levy thing, whatever, at the end of it. And he said, Look. Uh, uh, a guy with uh, I'm going to beat my dick like it owes me money in his act is never going to get on Conan and won't ever get on Letterman. And the Artie was what Artie wasn't quite honest about was his his getting on Letterman had nothing to do with his stand up. Correct. Letterman heard him on the show, heard bits of him on the show, and must have thought this guy would be a great storyteller. Put him on the show. Hence why he had Jay, Le Jay, Jay Thomas in do that Lone Ranger story every New Year's without fail because it's a great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, did you ever hear? Did you ever hear the after story on the Gilbert podcast when uh, Jay Thomas talked about afterwards, like what the I can't remember the name of the actor who played the Lone Ranger, but like after the whole anecdote, then what happened? It was funny as no. shit. No, no, I never heard that. Uh, hold on, we let's pull that up real quick. Do we, what doesn't have to be part of this, guys? We decided we're going to throw this in anyway because you might appreciate it. But you have to go into the Clayton Moore story on um, on YouTube. Uh, basically he does it. He used to do it for Letterman all the time. And it got a great reaction every single time, no matter the audience, but this is the after story. Is there any chance or is that strictly for Letterman? What? Of the Lone Ranger story. No, I don't. I'll tell you the after story. Okay. Uh, everybody knows it. And you can go online and see yeah. the original, yeah. uh, okay. you know, 
Um, it's a treat for people that don't know it. Jay does it every year on the Letterman Show. They know. Christmas oh, somebody knows it. And, but, uh, but the Lone Ranger, I opened car dealerships. I was a disc jockey, and you can see the whole the whole thing. And so uh, after it's over, there was, a, there was a car wreck, and the Lone Ranger helps me and my stoned friend out of this situation. So we get back in the car. And and we're driving the Lone Ranger back to this hotel, motel, in Charlotte, North Carolina, right? Uh, and so we're so thankful he helped us out of this wreck situation. And we get him back to the Red Roof Inn or whatever. And is there anything we can do for you, uh, Mr. Uh, Moore? And he goes, uh, as a matter of fact, <clears throat> could there be any um, perhaps entertainment or or, <laughs> or, 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 and we go, we realize he wants a chick. <laughs> and he's wearing the mask and the hat the whole He's time. wearing the mask and the hat. <laughs> the full Lone Ranger. Yeah. Get up. I, I just recently, his his daughter contacted me to tell me how I kept her father's memory alive. I said, well, I'm going to tell you a story that's going to ruin your father's memory. <laughs> he was such a natural storyteller. He was great. Loved him. Yeah. Great. For you. And I told her this story. Um, I said, so Mike and I knew this girl. Her name was Melanie, and her last name is a color. You can pick whatever color you want. It's a color. And she liked to screw celebrities that came to town. And we would call her up, and we would go, Melanie, you know, um, you know, Cheech and Chong or anything. <laughs> She'd go, fuck Cheech and Chong. You know, <laughs> Melanie, <laughs> Tony Orlando is in town. Suck Tony Orlando, you know. Tie a yellow ribbon around my dick, you know. Uh, so, you know, and you knew Melanie was there. So we call Melanie up, you know. And the Lone Ranger, the, the show had been off the air for quite a while. Sure. And she was, you know, much younger than we were. And so I go, Melanie, <clears throat> we're, we're in front of the Red Roof Inn right now. And... The Lone Ranger is in town, and it's dead silent. And she goes, really? I go, yes. And he, we've told him all about you. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So I said, look. Gilbert's fucking love it. He's amazing, yeah. <laughs> you remember, remember when that, um, I think it was Jackie, the Jackie laugh? Uh, sorry, the Jackie laugh that uh, Fred would insert after every, like, horrible news story yeah, that Robin had. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I still laugh my ass off at that clip. Oh, because, great. You yes. know, a busload of orphans was uh, overturned recently. <laughs> and then there was even a, a real subtle one, which was just like, uh, uh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that was unbelievable. And uh, this is, like, Gilbert's laugh is kind of like that. It carries. And to me, I yeah. don't know, some people may find it obnoxious, but fuck, I love no, it. To, to me, it's like, you know, Coltrane on the, you know, it, it John Coltrane or something. It's just a, a phenomenal quality to his laugh. And oh, yeah. it just makes me laugh. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. It just, I love it. Arnie's laugh was the same. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to come get you. And she was a lovely girl. Her father was like a big realtor or whatever. And she would bring girls to me who had never had an orgasm. And I would make sure they'd still never had one. Uh, but would work, would work with them. Would work with them. Um, and so, um, you know what works? You get Tupperware. And you know when you click it? You put their clit in there and you click it. And it works. Somebody got a pen? Yeah, write it down. So, uh, I... I uh, 
So we we go get Melanie. We bring her back to the Red Roof Inn, and I say, look, we're going to go out to this radio station, and I'm going to get the William Tell Overture. I'm going to bring it back to my apartment, and after you're done, we're going to come get you. You will not speak. And you will come into the apartment. We're gonna play. You will tell us everything that happened when you entered that room. We wait, you know, about an hour, hour and a half. Get back to my apartment. I make sure, you know, this is, you know, turntables and all that. My friend and I, we take showers, we get ready. The phone rings, we go get her. Don't speak. Don't speak. Get her back. And she goes, I went to the door and he opened it up and he had on a blue robe that looked just like the Lone Ranger outfit. And he wore these glasses that looked just like the mask. I said, what? He dressed just like the Lone Ranger, except in casual wear. So she comes into the room and he has food and everything. And she said, he had equipment. I said, equipment? <laughs> he had, and you know, we didn't know from vibrators. And, you know, we didn't sell you know, We used our penises. We didn't, you know, you, know, you want to vibrate? We shake our dick a little bit. You know what I mean? You know, you know, put a, put a fucking, you know, electric toothbrush up your ass. That was about the amount of whatever. So, so she goes, he was, he was wonderful. And when he takes his robe off, finally, he has pajamas that are the same color as the Lone Ranger, you know, outfit. And he made love to her and he vibrated her and did all of these things. And meanwhile, in the background, silver. Yeah. That's oh, man. <laughs> wow. That was fantastic. Any, wow, anyway, guys, we're sorry if you find that a little bit uh, self, uh, self, uh, masturbatory, self, you know, self, uh, what do you call it? Uh, God, my brain's fried, self indulgent, but uh, it's it just, um, it got me thinking about which it it's just a diversion that we do every now and then. Here we go. Uh back to back to the onslaught. Because I mean Howard's not being funny, so somebody has to. Yeah, no, that that's that, that kind of that's a great clip because it's you know, that's that's the kind of sensibility that people who like Stern maybe a decade or two ago enjoy, you know. And that's why Gilbert's podcast was great because he still had those moments. Oh he wasn't fuck. worried when, about he wasn't worried he, about political correctness. When he had Alan, Alan, what's his name? Uh, Alan Thick on, and Alan Thick was telling stories about celebs that he worked for, and he did. They brought up the Paul Lynn joke to him, and he was buckling, laughing. Yeah. He did the Paul Lynn joke, and he <laughs> said, uh, "Was he ever anti-Semitic around you?" And he goes, "Never. Uh, maybe because he sensed my Jewishness." <laughs> oh, it was unbelievable. Of course, he has nothing to say to him, right? Of course not. Oh, look, we got for four grand. They take off his do rag to show his head. That was it. <laughs> then they sent Gorilla off. And, and now, who comes on next? John. Now, I understand there was like a big fight backstage. Jackie was insisting that John go on first. There was a whole big fight. That was like a big, huge fight going on backstage. Wh who goes first? Yeah, that, that was. this is how much thought was put into it. I don't think he wanted John going first. So go ahead. Let me hear what happened next. Well, all right. So Gary introduces John. John comes out to do what you think is maybe two or three songs. He comes out doing about ten, you know, the volume that Leslie West has. Right. You cannot even, your ears are throbbing. We're in the second row. We could not take the sound anymore. 
Sounds like the bleeding deacons, but uh, in earlier form. <laughs> Fucking hell! Or you know, what was that one band that you know they'd always have stained? They'd be the ones doing the karaoke oh, contest. Yeah. I remember Stain did a version of the Beetlejuice song, and uh, <clears throat> they did this really kind of just, uh, you know, slow, uh, mo- you know, kind of morose. Yeah, it was the worst thing. I've, I was turned it off in disgust. I'm because I did kind of enjoy that Beetlejuice thing that Richard did. You know, at the time, yeah. I thought it was kind of funny, but uh, yeah. Yeah, stained were horrendous. The bleeding deacons talk about you know believing your own hype, and I love that whole story that they went out with Artie and pissed him off, and he you know when he was, I think they played in the um, Carnegie Hall. Did they play Carnegie Hall with Artie or? Um, they played a big it was, show. Yeah, with him. It was it was yeah. I, I don't know if it was Carnegie Carnegie Hall, but um, this is uh, what was the one. So uh, there's there's a there's a clips of Stuttering John with his band playing uh, online. Like you could you could actually hear some of his uh, uh, some of his some of his stuff. Let's see if I can find it. Hold on. You gotta show up now. The audition is now. Not a minute and two seconds. Okay. Now, not in a week and a half. Oh look now. at Gary. We need someone with a little bit more experience. Grandpa Al's in there. Gene Simmons is in the video. Like Nuno it's Betancourt. Nuno yeah. Betancourt. Yeah, I thought that was him. Musically, it's nothing there's nothing to miss with it necessarily. Mm. He sounds very, I, I don't think it sounds horrific. I don't. Yeah. yeah I think I, I've heard a lot worse. Oh yeah. Worse. Like King Norris. Yeah. <laughs> God. Don't talk it down to me. Uh, and, yeah. and, and do you, do you think, I think there's a John, John might be like, I like we've said before, I might be an idiot right now, but he, when he said that he thought Fred was jealous of him for having get, gotten a record deal and stuff. I think he's bang on. I think you, I, I, yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Fred's that type, anyway. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that that I'm actually surprised now at that hearing that. I expected a lot worse than that. Well, yeah, especially considering his his output now, like comedically, and uh, some of the uh, and his podcast, which is just you know, you guys decide for yourselves. Don't don't let don't trust us to give your to be the arbiters of taste for you know. Please listen to the, anything you can find of Stuttering John on his own show, and you'll you'll hear what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but musically, I mean, I mean, it's of that era. You yeah, know, it's, sure. It's it's, it's definitely, but it it sounds it's obviously dated, but it doesn't sound out of place. I guess this is the best way I could put it. Yeah, it's got a slight slight punk vibe to it, but it's probably more grunge than punk. Uh, I'd say so. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. It's no, it's no uh, silver knives and gold. What was the, what was the Howard song? Silver knives, dimes and golden nickels, or whatever the fuck it's called. Silver nickels and golden dimes. Silver, sorry, I keep fading it. Yeah, all, yeah, yeah, they're all the, the. He's talking about the things he fucking pilfered from the fountain at the mall. Uh, my lord, here we go. 
he's halfway through his hit song. <laughs> he's up, up to the long part, and, and we're ready to go. He's chasing off the audience. Before he was getting off his lawn, everyone was getting off their chair. <laughs> getting out of the room. And it was so loud, I, it was, your ears were throbbing. And we were in the second row. We were right in front of him. We couldn't have been any closer. That was, it was just unbelievable. It was so, you could not hear one word John said. <laughs> and meanwhile, people have paid, there's 3,000 people or something who have paid 2850 And they were all chanting, so he, he goes through the first two songs. And people are what, booing? People are booing, yelling, Jackie, we want Jackie. Oh. And then he answered that very nicely. Every time someone would yell, he'd go, I gotta do more songs, man, and then he'll be right on. Don't worry. <laughs> he had what a shit show. Wow. Did I did I hear right that there's that Howard just said there was three thousand people there? I I thought that that's what Buddy said. Yeah, or wow. two thousand. That's a huge do show. The, do the math. Three, th- almost thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Two grand. Sorry, two thousand people. Fucking, that's a lot of money to be split with. Not too like I can imagine Bowie getting an extra five hundred or like an extra mm-hmm. two fifty or like a two literally three hundred bucks to show up there and and be not even an MC, just make an appearance like Elephant Boy. You can be sure Howard had done those calculations. Oh yeah, you can be sure and then, of it. And then a stuttering, a stuttering John with his band, probably like fifteen hundred or whatever. Jackie would have been happy getting a few thousand. Yeah. As a result just, of that. Yeah. He yeah. said he just wanted to be paid what he usually gets. So. Yes, and he and he was, and, he, two, and, he two, was always, and you know what it was? He played clubs. He did not mm-hmm. play uh, arenas. Like so, if they had like a a music venue in two thousand upwards of two thousand tickets to be sold, and they sold. He probably, you know, he might get a little more than he normally get, but then the rest be shared with the rest of them. Jesus, that's a lot of money. Huge amount of money, yeah. Wow. For I those, really, yeah. I, I thought this was like two or 300 people in some kind of, you know, bar somewhere. This is, sure. this is like a, yeah, this is for, this is not a bar at all. This is a dedicated, a dedicated large venue. So. And it sounds like there weren't any ducks in the parking lot. <laughs> Fucking hell. Do that twice to calm the crowd down. Now, would you keep playing if people were saying No, I would, I would say, you know, maybe it's time to leave. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that as a cue to rap. Yeah, there's like two, there's like two or three people who were left in the audience screaming. <laughs> and then he, he did four more after that with people still yelling. Right. So, and, and what is Gary's and Gary's mother comes out and introduces? That was just a quick two second thing. She walks out on Why the would stage somebody and want to she says, "I want to introduce my son, Baba Booey." Yeah, that's unbelievable. What is that all about? Well, what he's is got it? more what than that than Gary. I was I was on the side of the stage. Still, try, the, the promoter was nowhere in sight. We're trying to figure out. I thought I should have this gone is on first because the, the music was going to be very loud. Right. So it made much more sense to me. For the comedian to be on, and then the loud music. Right. But everybody, but John was nervous, and so I wound up saying, "Just well, play." Well, Dominic told me if Jackie had played before John, they would have left after Jackie. Yeah. Oh yeah. And John. John knew this. Yeah. yeah. Of course. Yeah. So. 
that half did. the audience must have split during John's stuff. Because uh -huh. Dominic told me he had to leave, and then and then he came back. To a lot of people got up, Howard. Anybody close that wasn't really right, you had to get up because <laughs> it was vibrating off your head. You know what it is? It's a high school talent night. Yeah. And this is 2850. Right. No, come on. It's a high school talent night, and it's 20. You know, you know, Jerry goes out there, doesn't put an ounce of thought into it. You know, if I was going to produce the show, I, you know, I'd have Gary do something. Yeah. I'd have him do something. I don't know what it is, but I'd have him do something. Well, and have him come out. I'd let him do the Dick Sean routine, come out and vomit on the stage. I don't care what it is, but at least do something. I bet it was pitched to Gary, like, why don't you come aboard, like, you're as just one more of those people to fill up, make the numbers, like, be an appearance. Because, like, what Howard didn't quite realize is people were paying money to see them in, in public, to see them exactly. physically. All these people were doing, it's 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 the appeal of, you know, we hear you, we hear you daily, but we've never seen you guys. We want to maybe be able to hang out with you guys after the show, that kind of thing. Get close. Yeah, it's 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 all about selling tickets, and it's not about providing value. Because look what they did with Grillo. He walked out. He took her do rag off his head. They showed his head. And he went off. So how, that's what a cozy thirty seconds. Yeah, into the you know, and but that's not the that's not the point. The point is they got to put Steve Grillo's name on the ticket. Yep, and that might have sold a few more. You get a few more, and get with Gary. It's the same. It's just you know we get to go and shout, you know, Baba Booey, Baba Booey, Baba Booey. Yeah, two Baba Boo, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, it, well, they, it seemed like they just brought Gary out just to introduce him, but you know what the even stranger is when you come in before you get into the club? They're not selling Jackie stuff. They're selling Baba Booey stuff. <laughs> you can't buy a Jackie thing, and he's the act. They're selling Baba Booey t-shirts. <laughs> it, it made absolutely no sense. Who's going to yeah, buy well, a Baba Booey t-shirt when you're there to see Jackie? I don't know, but all I know is I told Gary I didn't want them doing any of this crap. Well, it sounds like it was as well organized as the Pottstown debacle. <laughs> yeah, God. Oh, and that's Christ. that's the that's the problem with these kind of shows when you have this kind of variety show without talent. Yeah. Because yeah. if you go to a comedy show, you're going to a comedy show, and you're kind of in that space headspace, and then suddenly a band gets up, of you don't know any of the songs. It's really loud. That's just going to drive you nuts, and you're just yeah. waiting. When, when is this over? So we can see, you know, we can see who else is on. Um, I, I don't think that ever works when you have a stand-up comedian with music. I, I just don't think it, maybe I'm wrong, but I just can't see how that would ever work. And there's a reason why it's not done. Well, it, it's uh, it's funny because Dice was asked to open for uh, Guns N' Roses at the Rose Bowl or something like that. And wow. because, but because he's a rock and roll comic, he can handle anything. Yeah. And because he... seen that. I mean, he was something else. I mean, he, they're one of, one of the best little appearances of him that you, it, it comes out of nowhere. And it was sort of billed as the comeback of, of Andrew Dice Clay as the godfather of comedy or something like that. And he, he went up and it was the, it was the pole star awards. Look it up on YouTube. If you haven't seen it, the pole star awards. And he decides while he's, before he's presenting something, an award to somebody, he decides he's going to do an impromptu set. And it's excellent. Because yeah. he's taken his time. He's like, I belong here. You know, like yeah. he has that, the confidence you have as being a fucking legend. But from what I read and what I've seen in interviews, he's never cared about necessarily doing well on stage. He just feels like, fuck it. This is my living room. You're in my house. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't, you can't create that. You got to have that. 
Well, we saw his famous, you know, his famous appearance on, I think it was CNN or one of those shows where he just, I love that. He just it wasn't even a minute. Great. Yes. Great. But also I, last week I was, I'm catching up on the QF episodes and I was listening to one in the car and it was so enjoyable to me. It was the, um, the voicemails to Hardy. Oh man, I was rolling laughing with that. Like the fact that he brought another guy in as a kind of a, a co-host. On a, on a, <laughs> it's just the funniest thing. Even that idea alone that he'd do that. The it's concept just, was funny. It's so endearing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then, but then going on Joey Diaz's show and then fucking with Matt Dillon the way he did like that, yeah, that, that, that doesn't come out of a, a, a stupid person's that doesn't come out of a stupid comics mind. No, he's great. And I just think it's a, it's a shame that, you know, we're living at a time where all this stuff has kind of fallen away a bit. Um, I, you know, I, I do often think even listening to this show here, I do often think it, it, can you imagine when this would have aired, it would have been what, 95, 96, I would have been in school still and just been able to, you know, walking to school and turning on your Walkman, your radio and listening to Dice or listening to this. It's just, know, it's such a golden era, you know, of radio. Well, there's this, this one clip, I'll play it for you right now. This is a clip where he was on an early episode of uh, Joe Rogan. And, and I, I think I mentioned this with Raven on one episode and uh, he does, he's like, what you know, what, it, how great it would be if you did an impression of Travolta getting a massage after all these controversial things came out, the lawsuits. Mm -hmm. So let me play it for you. It's only, it's not even a minute. What kind of nuclear arsenal of a joke you have in your in your in your in your wheelhouse if you just did it with you doing an impression of travolta and have some massage bit do you know with that impression <laughs> how big, good man. that bit would be <laughs> i know you don't want to do it and add like out of uh you know courtesy to travolta i know you think he's very talented you don't do jokes about him but my god what a fucking crushing yeah. bit you would have yeah but i i can't you know what that you I, know, your impression is is really good and then with the the situation is so ridiculous him just wanting to get jerked off by all these guys him saying let me massage you you know like it's the whole thing is great i mean it's ripe for comedy i'm not hating the guy i love him would you like me to dig my thumbs into your neck a little <laughs> <laughs> i could see you got a little crick but I, you know what? I, I don't Come on, he's telling me, he's telling me that you pretending to massage a guy, and then Stallone says to him, then Sly says, "You know what? That feels pretty good." <laughs> <laughs> oh, effortless! Oh, uh, great. <coughs> I've never been one into impressions that much, to be honest. Like back in the day, it was more, it was trendier when I was a kid. You'd always see everybody do impressions and stuff. But his idea of putting the, doing these impressions of putting them in, in completely incongruous situations, the same way Gilbert would do just about any, that's what made him funny, like masterly, masterfully funny. Not someone just doing a, like a, like a complete run through of Michael, uh, sorry, Al Pacino in The Godfather. But um, <laughs> Dice did, I think it was on Howard, he did an impression of Marlon Brando and Al Pacino, uh, but in like in The Godfather, the scene in the garden. But what he was trying, <laughs> he was giving him advice on when you when you're fingering a girl, don't go further, further than the knuckle, because any further could cause discomfort. He goes, I got you, pop. <laughs> <laughs> it was unbelievable. 
but that's what you need as a as a if for that to be funny for impersonations to be funny you need to be a funny guy because yeah uh, i know back at the when i was growing up in the 80s watching sky star search and all these shows you would always have these guys coming on who could do reasonable impersonations but none of the material was funny and then you also had the guys who uh, who were kind of get coming towards the end of their career I mean, maybe in their 50s or 60s and their impressions were way out of date you know yeah uh, they would be they'd be impersonating prime ministers that were dead you know long and, dead uh, like you, you yeah need, yeah but again you can do that if you're gilbert because you make a bit out of it and you make a joke out of it so the gilbert does impressions of you know uh, you know these kind of uh, movie stars from the 40s and 50s and sure. uh, the joke the bit is that he's so lazy that he doesn't right. want to update any of his impression fuck it's incredible i mean like it's just great. the idea of like here's uh ethel merman doing yeah. it doing, doing, <laughs> doing, doing, doing power that i said to you <laughs> yeah. oh fuck he was something else yeah he was great. i don't want any I don't of this understand. gary says i i created a monster before you said no i don't yeah, i don't i don't care what it is tell the guy you're sick tell him you can't do it tell me your boss said no but it sounds like you never heard about it before they started booking oh yeah i heard about it they were going to do a, a six city tour or something and i just said no dice no 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 what i'm saying is nobody came to you and said yeah. what do you think of us doing a tour yeah no well, no absolutely okay. not i found out about it that's exactly how it, everything's done behind my back as if i don't put any thought into the show I, but i'll tell you something gary here mark my words come november i'm going back to my simple radio career i'm down i'm downsizing i'm getting rid of everybody Tired of leeches. Wow. So there's Robin feeding into the hole. They didn't come to you about this. Like you're some kind of the comedy Pope, like the same way he's going to argue that, you know, why did Joan Rivers have to go to uh, Johnny Carson for permission to do a show? But the same is not, you know, the goose, the, the, what is it? What's good for the goose is not good for the gander. Mm, yeah. Robin's always there ready. She, she'll detect which way the wind is blowing, but always side with him because she knows She's completely free here to say whatever she wants. She's in no yep. way kind of involved in this. So she will toe the line and stick yep. the boot in. It's Classic. only until about, I would say, t uh, God, probably sporadically that that maybe 11, 12 years later, it's serious when she wouldn't be so adverse to sticking the needle in a little bit when she thinks he's full of shit. Yeah, and I think that's around the time their relationships probably started to devolve a bit. I think that time she got uh, she got into a big argument with was it Ashley or one of his daughters? It was the oldest, Emily. Emily, okay, yeah, I'd love yeah. to know what happened there. Love then, to know that the was story. the the only audio we have. We played, I think it was with Deborah. No, it was actually with uh, Raven and Sam that particular episode, and uh, or it might have been with Deborah and Raven at the same time. But either way, um, they were so vague about it, and we all kind of theorized what it could have been. But either mm. way, whatever it was, I'm sure it was Robin just overstepping. Hundred percent, yes, just oh, completely overstepping, and uh, in in the way she does. Uh, but uh, I saw the photos of um, Howard with McCartney and who was it? McCartney? Uh, was it? Uh, oh, it was God. Uh, McCartney. Uh, God, they were reading Ash, the his daughter. The his daughter was yeah, there. his daughter and his new son-in-law, who yeah, I'm certain yeah. didn't think of, you know, hobnobbing in the Hamptons when he was deciding to court Ashley, who, um, you know, I'm not going to say anything about her looks, but I'm saying, you know, I'm sure that had nothing to do, no bearing on his decision to date this one. 
And I mean, Howard wearing the bloody Beatles T-shirt. How next, la- next to how Paul, next lame. To Paul McCartney. Yeah. Oh my God. And he looks, I mean, he has aged so badly, dude. It's, it's, it's really, he looks to me like I was staring at the photo of him. You put it on Facebook. I was staring at it. He looks like if, you know, Walter Matthau was in kind of palliative end of life care. <laughs> And, or or maybe had an eating disorder and decided yeah. in his last days to transition into a one. That's what yeah. that's what Stern looks like. Just get like a you know Leo Sarah. Maybe we could use some AI to to create this. Get some <laughs> Walter Matthau shave yeah. off forty pounds and put Leo Sarah's hair on top. Or if you put if you put Betty Davis on one of those fucking medieval stretching like racks and decided to, you know, and uh, got rid of her beret and just made it a, a, you know, gave her sunglasses. Now, have you ever gone to a gig, an actual music gig with the artist's T-shirt on? Never. Uh, Maybe I did when I was a kid. When you were a kid, I'm I'm talking as an adult. No. I don't wear a lot of band t-shirts. I mean, I have a few, but um, I wouldn't wear them at a gig. No, because you might want to go out after you, you know, you want to go out after the show. You just don't be walking around like that, but you don't want to walk um, around with your Taylor Swift shirt on. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've seen Iron Maiden a few times. I remember I wore, I saw like, I saw a lot of metal bands in the nineties. Slayer. I saw Slayer a bunch of times, Metallica, Megadeth, Anthrax, all of those. And I would have probably worn T-shirts. Uh, those at, at a gig like that, it's almost pro forma. Like most guys, are, yeah. if you're a metalhead, you wear a black band T-shirt, but it may not be that band. Um, yeah. I remember when I went to see, uh, God, it was probably, it was, um, well, it was one of the Lollapaloozas, and it was the first one, I think. And I had a couple, I think I had an Ice-T album shirt actually on, but... I thought I don't give a fuck. Like I'm 16. That's I, I'm going to see a bunch of bands at this, including him, and uh, it wasn't a big deal. But if I'd met him, I still wouldn't have been as embarrassed because he was almost still a bit of a cult artist. It wasn't. He's not royalty like Paul McCartney. But yeah, would you imagine younger. going up to Jimi Hendrix and going like with an Afro wig on and dressing like Jimmy? <laughs> can, you sign my, can you sign my fucking ha- ha- hairband? <laughs> With the headband on and the yeah yeah the uh, silk shirts, but no Howard is it's just a, a classic Howard move to do to 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 wear the t-shirt. You know, it's he's like at uh, most of the time he's like an alien. He's like Bowie in the Man Who Fell to Earth. He's someone who's impersonating a human, and this yeah. is something in his head. He thinks, oh, well, I'm meeting McCartney. I'll wear the you know he'll wear the t-shirt as a show, sign of respect. You look like an idiot. You look like an <laughs> idiot. Imagine going to like interview John John Paul Jones or something, and you're dressed like John Bonham in the last yeah, tour. Yeah, <laughs> you just put on a bit of weight, right? Grow a beard, yeah. And you have oh, two drumsticks God. with you, you know, like you've got the whole accoutrement. It's like dressing for a gig, like you're some like I get it for little kids and the Spice Girls. You want to dress like your favorite Spice Girl back in the day, yes, but not a yeah. not a grown man, not certainly not Paul McCartney. Who I mean, think about it. He's not too long ago, I think, sometime during the pandemic, he posted much like Ringo. I will not be signing anything anymore because uh, I'm going to, anything I sign is just going to be for charity purposes, and I respect that. Actually, he just doesn't want people selling his name of course uh, and it never it never ends it when never does it ends. end it, yeah it never ends and ringo started the same yes and i don't you blame know. either of them for fuck's sake they yeah. probably have carpal tunnel syndrome signing all that shit over the years 
after maybe he said after a certain date it's gonna be tossed yeah so that's that's what he did he just he drew a line underneath and i don't think anyone judged him judged him badly on that at all i mean you see dude you see on on you look up any of these uh, TMZ or any of these sites, any, when these guys, Dave Grohl, I saw one with Dave Grohl, and there's just a team of guys with loads of vinyl and guitars and everything looking for him. They're not fans at all. They don't even no. know who the guy, they just know what he looks like and they know how to sell it on eBay. And that's not, yep. you know, that's speculators. Not right. yeah, yeah. 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 No, these days, whenever I want something signed, I buy it pre-signed already. Like if it's a book, like uh, Mickey from Lush, she wrote a book recently and I bought it. It was a signed copy and I said, sure, I'd love to have that. And it was a fantastic book. Thankfully, it was a great read as well as, okay, a signed copy, big deal. Uh, I got Benjamin actually as a help for helping us out, a signed Pat Cooper book. Oh, very um, nice. Yeah. And, um, and then certain things like, uh, I've got a drum head with the, the brothers, the, the Reed brothers, Jesus and Mary chain, a, a band, wow. my favorite band of all time, basically. Um, but, uh, that means something to me. I'm going to hang it up somewhere eventually, but I mean, okay. But to get it to, I don't blame those guys for just uh, anyway, whatever. Um, but to dress like that in front of Paul McCartney is maybe the douchiest thing I've ever seen. It's awful. I, yeah. I I only have one signed um, piece of memorabilia, really, and I have a a sevenage of uh, the specials "Too Much Too Young" signed by Terry Hall, who passed away oh, nice. recently from USA. It's a Terry Hall USA, nineteen eighty, and a, so that's uh, one I have downstairs. But that's it. I mean, it's a it's a great hobby, though. It's a great thing. I'm I just don't have room to keep all this stuff. That's the problem. Well, well, that, well that's it. I, I get signed eight by tens. I've got uh, red buttons. I've got Jonathan Winters. I've got just recently I got a Johnny Carson autograph, um, uh, which is which is one of the. I just need an Ed McMahon one and a Don Rickles. I've got the Don Rickles. So if I can put them one between the other, I can just recreate the uh, the uh, the order of where they'd sit on the stage. That's beautiful. Put that yeah. up on the wall. Yeah, absolutely. Keep it, keep it behind glass. Yeah, beautiful. Completely. So anyway, guys, we're going to uh, tie up this episode and uh, we're going to try to continue with this, the rest of it, another time. We hope you've enjoyed it so far and hope you enjoy our little musings that go off the beaten track, tra uh, be off the beaten path a little bit. And uh, all we can say is go Liverpool. Yeah, look, it's really good, isn't it? I'm feeling great now. Although I just saw before we came on air, I just saw, yeah. or to record, I see that... The Saudis is a the the apparently there is a astronomical figure they're giving for Salah. It could be up what to two hundred million with Gomez. It's insane money. Apparently, it's astronomical money, and uh, I think I think everyone has a price. I think he could be gone by the end of the week. I'd hate because I'm go I'm going to London in a few weeks to see them. Mm -hmm. So I would I would love to see Mo before. Uh, before he heads off, I'd love to see him live, so to speak. But uh, I think he could be gone. But I think this season is really interesting. It's looking really good. I think we saw on Sunday that you know Klopp. It, that was a tactical masterclass from Klopp, and uh, we yeah. saw some real magic, like world class magic from uh, Darwin. We were um, talking about so, the uh, the Newcastle Liverpool game, guys, in the EPL. That's for Kerry. We know. I know Kerry. You follow. You follow uh, English football as well as German. So. Um, and so there was a two to one at the last, like in the last 10 minutes, Liverpool scored two goals to win at Newcastle. And it was just unbelievable. With 10 men. With 10 for, men. For, yeah. For an hour, 10 men for an hour. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was excellent. And, uh, hopefully, uh, this, hopefully have a good season. I think it's going to be an interesting season, but very competitive, 
very competitive season. So fingers crossed yep. we'll do well. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much for hanging in on this one, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Take care, guys. We love you. Uh, this girl has father issues. So he's clearly a mad Irish drunk. Uh, and uh, we, she don't has, we don't know that. She has dyed black hair. Um, she's goth. She's like uh, the fat gay guy son on The Sopranos. <laughs> she's probably shit in the gym shower several times. And she tells Levy this on the computer. And Levy goes, oh, oh, oh it's perfect. Perfect.